to the EG Way podcast. We are back and we are in lockdown again, but that hasn't stopped us. We're in the virtual studio. Uh, it's not just me as well. I am Andrew Walker. I'm an old friend of EG's. I'm a writer and a tech journo, and I am here with Chris Pond, CEO of EG. Hey, Andrew. Good to be back. It is good to be back. It's good to be back uh, on the EG Way. I'm. I mean, I'm. You know, not nearly as busy as you because you've had a busy week uh, doing a, a Power BI uh, online talk uh, via. Uh, it was promoted on LinkedIn. You've done a webinar this week. How did it go? Yeah, it went fantastically. Um, we we had about forty five people attend. Um, you know, really good chat. Some some demos of what EG is doing with Power BI and how we're using that to to run our business. And yeah, Microsoft were in attendance. They ran through some of the Power Platform and the great functionality that's available there. So it was really interesting and, and, and good to see a whole wide range of people attend the call. I'm glad you said Microsoft there, because uh, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, Power BI is Microsoft's new cloud-based business intelligence platform. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's it's a really powerful tool that's been been developed. Um, it, it, it really allows you to show data and what's important um, very visually um, to, to key stakeholders in, in the form of you know graphs and charts, pie charts, traffic lights, um, you know, all, all sorts of different ways of presenting the data to make it easy to make decisions. So this is one of those decision-making platforms. It's a sort of dashboard for your C-suite, for your management, for your sales teams. It's, it, I understand it's got a huge amount of applications. And to tell us more about that, of course, we do have uh, a, a cloud solution architect uh, from uh, the partner side of Microsoft Azure, their cloud platform, and that is uh, Paul Henwood. And he's going to be joining us to tell us more about Power BI. But before we bring Paul in, uh, I want to ask you, you're the EGWay's resident jargon buster you are the uh buzzword bingo banisher um so sorry i'll work on a better title uh for for next week but uh, I, I guess what i want to know is um in simple terms what is business intelligence okay so business intelligence is a way of drawing value from your data being able to then make informed decisions um, and, and, and being able to make them quickly. Uh, nowadays, you know, data is available up to the minute. Um, and, and we're easy, for example, we're pulling data from, from our accounting system, from our sales platform, from our work management platform, from our, our employee engagement tools. And it, it, it's a way of just drawing conclusions, drawing value from that data. Now, that's that's the big thing, isn't it, about the Power BI platform and this, this sort of new breed of business intelligent platforms. That they're all about being able to bring lots of diverse data uh, platforms together. Yeah, and, and Power BI actually uh, natively will connect to a lot of those those platforms, and, and that's growing day by day. But it will also then allow you to, to write your own plugins, write your own connectors, and, and, and query um, query data sources, even if they don't connect natively. And you're going to be holding a, a free two-hour workshop, aren't you, to actually get people together to talk more about how they might apply and deploy Power BI uh, in their uh, businesses. And that's going to be with uh, Tim Nash, who's our, our lead uh, consultant. He's, he's actually on holiday right now. So, I mean, does he know you've lined him up for this? 
Possibly not. No, <laughs> no, he has, he has been in four. He has he has fully agreed to uh, participate. Uh, Tim's been on the podcast before, actually, hasn't he? Um, yeah. On one of, one of the audio selfies. So, you know, he's, he's he's fantastic at that tool set, and he'll be taking people through sort of a. A, a, a whistle-stop tour of Power BI and you know the features available and, and, and how it can be used. And if you wanted to come to uh, that workshop, presumably there's an email address, uh, Chris, that people can mail and say, please, can I be in your funky workshop? Yes, uh, that is workshops at eg.com. So workshops at eg.com, just send an email through and uh, come along to our free two-hour workshop on uh, Power BI. Bring your business cases, uh, bring your problems, and uh, Tim Nash (laughs) will solve them. If he doesn't, he has promised to come to your house when the lockdown is over and do card tricks. Isn't that right? That's... uh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how to respond to that. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. You should see him. He's No, he's a dab hand. He's a dab hand with a pack of cards. It's well known. It's well known. Joining us on the EG Way now, we've got uh, a real treat uh, for those of you who are uh, interested in business intelligence, AI, machine learning, cloud solutions. It is Paul Henwood, who is a CSA, that is a cloud solution architect from Microsoft, and he's a partner CSA, so he does a lot of work with Microsoft partners to help them get the best out of Azure, obviously the, the big cloud computing platform, and in particularly looking at AI and machine learning layers, you can apply to that to create business intelligence dashboards and do cool stuff with data. Paul, welcome to the EG Way. Hello. Thank you very much for having me here. So, Andrew put me on the spot with a buzzword uh, question, actually. So, Paul, I'm going to ask you the same. Uh, There's a lot of buzzwords and jargon in the tech biz, um, especially around uh, concepts that are central to the notion of business intelligence, things like AI, machine learning, DevOps, etc. Can you give us a, a simple explanation of what Power BI represents to a company outside the tech scene? Yeah, so Power BI is a fully managed business intelligence and analytics cloud service. It enables users to easily obtain insights from their business data, and it results in them getting quicker answers to their business questions. So Power BI really provides users with the capability to connect to on-premises and cloud data sources, and they can really perform their own analysis, create reports, and then publish this content to Power BI Cloud Service, where they can then collaborate and share this content with individuals either inside or outside of their organization. And then users can consume this content either online via the web or their mobile, but they can also share and integrate these solutions into Teams, SharePoint, PowerPoint, or really embed it into any application that they like. So we're talking about feeding not just data live into your your sort of you know internal office infrastructure, but actually feeding analytics and sort of process data into your systems as well. Absolutely. So you've actually got the process data and the visualization aspects. So the reports, the dashboards that you're creating, they can be natively embedded in tools like Teams. So you can really have that communication around the visualization layer. Because this is the big deal, right? Everyone is talking about dashboards. Everyone wants a dashboard. There are C-suite dashboards. There's management dashboards. People want sales dashboards. It's it's almost like it used to be everyone used to log into a project management system or they'd, they'd log into their CRM. And it was it was basically a glorified sort of spreadsheet with some communications tools. 
a dashboard is something different, right? This is a live feed of analytics, KPIs coming straight into the people who need it as they need it. Yeah, so the idea with a dashboard, rather than having all of the data in an Excel spreadsheet and having to sift through the many different columns and rows to really get the intelligence out, the idea with a dashboard is that you're summarizing that data, aggregating it to a level where you can often make a decision at a glance. So you can see a KPI or a piece of information. And if it's been designed well, you use some sort of color coding to understand green is good, red is bad. And then from there, you can drill from that dashboard into a report. And a report is more where you're interacting to get deeper answers to your questions. So you might want to, rather than just look at all of the data, you might want to look for a specific region, or you might want to look at a specific individual's data. So this is where you can start interrogating and slicing and dicing the data as well. Okay, so one of those generic stats that gets talked about is the so-called dark data problem. So you know, companies capture data through different touch points, you know, either online or or in store, CRM systems or, or call centers, and and they inherit large data sets on legacy systems through mergers, acquisitions, and so on. And and that means that around eighty percent of the data that they store isn't processed to create a consistent view of the company and their operations. So is, is Power BI solving the dark data problem? Well, so I think this can partly be solved by Power BI. You can use Power BI to start to make sense of that data. A, a user can easily connect to one or more of these data sources, start pulling them, aggregating them together, and actually start to visualize and really find out what's useful from the data. But to really get the most of it, an organization does need to make the time and enable people to investigate, catalog, and really prepare this data to actively be used frequently throughout the business. And traditionally, this solution will be done by IT. You hear these centralized data warehouses where you're using extract, transform, and load to actually get the data in. Uh, or more recently, you might hear people talking about building a data lake. And you know, sometimes you hear the term data swamp, where people are just dumping all of the data in. Tell me about the data lake, because I'll be honest with you, I've heard that at conferences. And I hold my hand up. I've been a bit embarrassed to say I haven't actually known what it meant, but I didn't want to say anything in case I look like uncool. <laughs> Yeah, so data lake slightly changes the paradigm um, of how you're actually ingesting the data. You often hear about ETL, extract, transform, and load. The reason you hear it in that form is you're extracting it from the source, you need to transform it into the form that you need, and then you load it into the database. Data lake slightly changes that, changes two letters the other way around, ELT, extract, load, and transform. The idea here being you want to extract the data from all of those different sources because you don't want to have to find out where it is every time and navigate to all of them, but you can extract it and load it as is into the data lake. And you land it into what we call this raw layer, this, this staging, this landing area, or sometimes you hear bronze it's referred to. And the idea is you land the data that you think will be useful there. And as you decide you want to use it, you then start to transform it. You think, right, I've got that data from this um, database, from this um, CRM system, whatever it may be. And you can start to then transform and pull that data out. And this is where you start hearing about big data technologies. You hear about doing the transformations using Spark or maybe doing the transformations of SQL. But the idea is you do the transformations at that point to then be able to be used in your reporting. And there's two great benefits you get there. The first one is traceability. You can see where that data's come from. But also, if later you decide 
oh, I also need this column or I also need this. You've already got it there in that raw layer. You've got the original data and you can just pull in that extra set without having to go back to the start and redesigning your tables and your databases and everything uh, to actually accommodate for that potentially small change. Because that was traditionally the the biggest sort of you know barrier to entry for people who wanted to start working with data is the fact that if you didn't know how to structure it to begin with, you could wind up with a system that wasn't fit for purpose as you know new uh, categories needed to be logged or you know new sort of data sets had to be added. Whereas now this is more flexible. This is like a, the the sort of non relational sense. You can freeform the data and then you know query it in the ways that make sense to you and your business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is the point. It's It not only enables that flexibility in work and that faster time to insight, but it also means you can start working with those semi-structured data or unstructured data sources where traditionally something like SQL is not best suited to do. So, as Andrew mentioned, we're going to be running a, a two-hour workshop on Power BI. Um, one of our, our senior consultants, Tim Nash, is going to be, be running that later. What advice can we offer companies right now who want to benefit from smarter BI systems. Do they need to be a certain size in a specific sector or anything like that? If they're taking their first steps, how how should they approach this? And and are the capital costs high or is it more of a pay-as-you-go type model? Yeah, so there are kind of two answers to that question, really. The, you're right in that the investment in building that large uh, corporate data warehouse when you've got those you know, very large quantities of data can actually be a fair investment in terms of actually standing that up. But there are actually new technologies that are coming in um, from Microsoft. So Azure Synapse Analytics being an example of that, whereby they actually have an idea of a serverless SQL database. So you can actually have your data sitting inside the data lake. So it's this data lake principle. I'm pulling data from various different locations, landing it in a data lake. And when you look at data lake, just to give you an idea of cost, it can be as little as a penny per 10 gig of data. So it's so small in terms of that initial uh, cost. And that's quite a lot of data that you've got there. But then what you can do with Azure Synapse Analytics is you can write a SQL query. So those that are familiar with SQL, great. You've still got that benefit. You still write that select statement. And you can actually then connect to that data that's still residing in the data lake. And what actually happens is is it attaches a SQL uh, database at that point, a query time. And that's it. You only pay for that time that you're executing it. And this is where, uh, um, at the moment, this um, product's in a public preview, but it's only $5 per terabyte or £4.60, I think it is, uh, per, per terabyte of data that you're actually querying. So it's a much lower price to entry when building a data warehouse. And this is even just saying, you know, still sticking to the more traditional model of building a data warehouse. You could also, if you've got those really small quantities of data, just connect straight from Power BI. You can just use Power BI, um, $10 or £7.50-ish per user, um, can actually just connect to that data. If you've got small quantities, that that, few hundred meg, maybe a gig of data, you can just pull it into Power BI and start building your visualizations directly. So it's kind of those still two paradigms, and both of them have got a much lower price to entry than people think. Uh, Okay, Paul, we're going to take a quick break now and just dive in with an audio selfie from our Chief Financial Officer, Justin Granger. Now, Justin is an interesting guy because, uh, unlike everyone else in the room who's uh, in the virtual studio, who's a techie, uh, Justin, uh, after a long career at uh, 
Barclays and then at Handelsbanken. Uh, comes at everything with a slightly different mindset, but very much a C-suite business mindset about why it's a good idea to invest in a business intelligence platform. The temptation for a CFO or, or FD is to get bogged down in detail. You know, management information is great, but you're looking at the same information every month and it really isn't um, disciplined on things that are very, very important at that moment in time. And therefore, you often end up looking at that moment in time each month and what you're not really seeing is two key, two key things. One is what are the real trends in the most important areas of your business? And secondly, what areas do you really need to look at at that point in time rather than looking at everything? This has, this has some advantages. It means that at board meeting level, you can present less information and more important information. Information about the key KPIs that are most important to you, the key KPIs that may mean that you fail or succeed in your plan. And those where you might be failing, it tells you very, very quickly where you need to drill down. And with Microsoft Power BI, you can drill down very, very effectively and you'll soon find where those problems are without looking at everything because you're no longer looking um, to try and separate the wood from the trees. So in conclusion, I'm a huge fan and it does make a real difference to empowering the finance director to run the finance section, plan the business, plan the finances and give confidence to the rest of the board that without having to look at every single bit of information, they can have confidence that we know where we're going financially. Big thanks there to Justin Neverson Granger, uh, CFO at EG. And uh, Justin and I, actually, we used to work together uh, years ago, um, and we did quite a lot of consulting work with uh, Nethergate Brewery. So I want to bring this one up with you, Paul, because for, for a company like that, and, and I think for a lot of SMEs, the thought of buying into a business intelligence platform is uh, it sounds expensive. But you're, you're saying that actually with the Power BI platform, uh, you could actually get into that at a, at a much lower price point. Absolutely. You would start with something like Power BI directly. When you're first getting into it, you would be buying that license for those one or two individuals who actually need these insights. And you would be starting to interrogate your data, play around with it. I mean, when you first get started, you can use Power BI Desktop. It's completely free to use. You don't have to pay anything when you first get started. Um, you can then start to share it with people online, and that's where you need these Power BI Pro licenses, this sort of £7.50, uh, um, to actually then start sharing content. And then as you start to get more complex in your implementations or maybe start having more data or, or further intelligence, this is where you can start going down that second model and, and looking at perhaps tools like Synapse and this uh, on-demand or serverless uh, data warehouse solution. Uh, obviously, before, if you really go down that future route of actually building that you know, provisioned or that SQL data warehouse that people are familiar with. Okay, so it's time for another break. Um, and we're going to hear from Alan Jackson, our COO, or, or who Andrew describes as the voice of reason. Definitely. So he, he he's going to be talking about uh, how we at EG approach these business intelligence projects Every customer that we've worked with over the last couple of years to help them through their data transformation journey has started from a slightly different place. We have some people who are very, very dependent on manually created Excel spreadsheets. Uh, we have other people that have data warehousing capabilities and a mixture of other data sources um, that need to be 
pulled together. And then we, we have customers who have quite advanced sort of data um, structures in place and data um, storage methods in place, but they don't have the means of self-serving that visualization and self-serving that business um, intelligence out of that data warehouse. And in all cases, we, we've been able to help people get to a point where they can really start to leverage their data. Um, we prefer to use Power BI, uh, SQL Server Analysis Services, Data Factory, SQL Server, uh, to, um, to solve these problems. And, um, and in most cases, we use a rapid prototyping method to get them there. So this involves uh, getting the key stakeholders, the people who really care about the output from the, um, from the visualizations and the IT folks, and involving them um, heavily in producing reports and producing output as quickly as possible to get their feedback. It works because very often people have an idea of what they want or they know what they already have, but they don't know what's possible. So our uh, consultants and our engineers can quickly show you what the tools are capable of. They can quickly give you, um, show you bits of your data that you maybe have never seen before and help you work through the process of discovering what it is that you actually want out at the end of this. Rapid prototyping does this through, you know, small increments of maybe a week of effort, followed by a demonstration to the uh, to the key stakeholders on what is possible. And then you adapt it and you go through another another loop. Um, and this has been very successful in even having exec level board members uh, making decisions or having revelations, having moments in sprint demos where they're able to see all of a sudden uh, what it is that um, their data can do for them. But there, there is one final question I have to ask, which, of course, is the question I'm not allowed to ask. I'm going to ask it anyway. What's next? What, what is, what's in the works that you know we don't know about that's coming from Azure Power BI? What's the next thing to look forward to? What, what are you excited about? This downstream hasn't launched yet. Can you give us any hints? Oof. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I knew I shouldn't have this done is it. A- <laughs> <laughs> that's a difficult one. Uh, firstly, I need to remember what I can actually say that's not under NDA, et cetera, um, to actually share. Um, I think with Power BI, the, the great thing that we actually have is we actually make the roadmap completely publicly available, which I think is, is firstly, is, is actually quite cool. So you can actually go um, onto uh, the, the Power BI site. If you, if you do a quick search in Bing, I'm sure you'll easily find the roadmap. And you can see some of the features that are actually coming out. And really, um, I think there's a, a few of them. Um, I, I'm obviously a bit of a geek at heart so some some of them maybe won't make that much sense for some other people but uh, for those that are aware of power bi premium power bi premium is a a feature whereby rather than um, being limited to necessarily one gig's worth of data you can have much larger data models you've got ai built into it you've got paginated reports there's a bunch of features that come with the premium tier um, at the moment, the way to purchase premium is via a, a capacity-based licensing. So it's quite a high price to entry. Something that's coming very, very soon is a per-user capacity, really bringing those capabilities from premium to more and a broader audience and more people. We're talking about this is now bringing enterprise-level access within SME sort of price range. 
Absolutely. And the idea is it's bring, because it's bringing it on a per-user basis, it means that much smaller organisations can actually benefit from it. Great. And Paul, before if you want to meet Paul, by the way, uh, in the flesh, that won't be possible, um, especially especially now we're all locked down. But don't worry, if you want to see Paul live in action, uh, Paul, you are all over the Microsoft Power BI YouTube channel, right? Yeah, so there's um, a mini series that I've created uh, with my colleague, uh, Manu Kamwapal, shout out to him, um, which is a on the Microsoft Power BI YouTube channel, there is a Power BI adoption framework uh, mini series. It's 15 videos. The idea is it's for small or large scale organizations, and it's a plan of how you can actually roll out and consume Power BI from the creating your minimal governance plan to making sure you're managing the service correctly, that you've implemented security right to making sure that you're rolling out and supporting this in a sustainable fashion. So if you are an SME and you want to get into uh, Power BI computing, all the things we've been talking about here to do with, you know, your data lake and, and upgrading from that giant frightening sort of spreadsheet, this is the place to go. Yeah, there's definitely uh, information there on the Power BI YouTube channel about that adoption. There's also a lot more training and other information on that uh, Microsoft Power BI YouTube channel as well. So there's, there's some great content on there, as well as if you want to hear more information about announcements and things like that, uh, sessions from big Microsoft events like Ignite uh, go onto there as well. So you would be able to um, see sort of announcements and things too. Paul, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. No, thank you. Okay, well, that's it. That's it. Chris, we've come to the end of another episode of the EGUS Storming Show this week, I have to say. It's been fun. It has been fun, and I am looking forward to, uh, you know, hopefully dialing into your workshop. If there's any spaces left, do I get to come? Is that... I'm sure we can make space, Andrew. You can... Because it's virtual, isn't it? So, I mean, mean, the internet's limitless. So, possibly... The possibilities are unlimited. Possibilities are unlimited. Okay, well, I'm hoping to uh, hopefully meet some of the audience there as well. That'd be nice if we could all sort of hook up and say hi, and uh, it'll be good to see them. And what's next for you, Chris? What are you doing now? Uh, you're locked down, obviously. What's uh, EG's lockdown plan this time? It's only a month, so you can't learn Japanese again. What are you going to do? Uh, in terms of learning, I'm not entirely sure, actually. I've got a whole stack of books to read, um, so I might get through some of my reading list. Okay, that's good. And are these uh, popular science fiction titles? No, no, they're very much business and management books. Oh, I see. But um, yeah, so some of them are a bit more fun, a bit more, yeah, a bit more pictorial. <laughs> okay, well, I've I've got the uh, entire collection of uh, Spider-Man and Venom uh, graphic novels that uh, my younger son has uh, given to me. So, yeah, excellent. I guess I'll just I won't be challenging you for leadership of uh, company anytime soon. There we are. But. <laughs> But, but should anyone uh, attack the city of New York, I will absolutely know what to do. So there you go. You, you get get a symbiotic entity come and uh, you know see, find I, you as a host, to then I then you know exactly what to do. I knew you'd know all about it as well. I just knew it. <laughs> just knew it. I've, I've seen the film. That that's as far as my knowledge of that sort of thing goes. Uh, okay, well that's it. We are out of time. I'm afraid we're out of time for this episode of the EG Way, but we will be back soon with another one. And if you'd like to be on the EG Way, do send us an email. Uh, find us on LinkedIn. That's LinkedIn.com/slash companies/slash EG Limited. That's I J Y I. 
I Ltd. And uh, we will be. Uh, we'd love to have you on the show. We'd love to have you on the show. Send us a message. Get in touch with us. Uh, go and listen to the other episodes of the show so you know what you're in for. And <laughs> come back soon. And hopefully, we will all be out of lockdown uh, after December the second. And when we are, we are going to be hooking up in the studio for a socially distanced live recording. So if you want to come along to that, do get in touch. And meanwhile, thanks for listening. Thank you also to our special guest this week, Paul Henwood, who's a senior cloud solutions architect from Microsoft, and also to Laura Hood, who is working away behind the scenes, uh, bringing the EG Way together as a producer. Thanks, Laura. Thanks also to Justin Neverson Granger, the CFO of EG, and to the voice of reason himself, Alan Jackson. <laughs> In the meantime, all that remains is to say I've been Andrew Walker. Thank you very much for listening to the show, and my co-host... Chris Pond, CEO of EG. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, join us next time on the EG Way. Bye-bye. Bye.